Jordan. Ian. Who diced up some chicken, forgot to wash their hands, and woke up the next day trapped inside an egg? Stephen Hawking? No, two guys. What? Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Two Guys What's Up. My name is Ian, and I am joined today by the endearing, the charismatic, the incredibly funny. I'm kidding, it's still Jordan. How are you, Jordan? (laughs) I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing? You know what? I think I might leave. (laughs) I don't don't blame you, to be honest. It's all right. I will make up for that in about two seconds. But okay. uh, yeah, how are you? How are you doing, my friend? I, I'm really good. Um, you know, but I'll explain to all the listeners that I actually went to a psychic night with my wife yeah. and with Sophie and her wife. Yes. It was something that was a little bit kind of off the cuff. It wasn't really planned until a few days before. Yeah, I, mean, I was hoping I could come with you, but um, yeah. I had to work, unfortunately. Yeah, never mind. You're too good at two shoes to call in sick. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, they would know because I'd be talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting evening, let's put it that way. I'll just dive into a little bit of what happened there. Please do. First things first, cocktails were two for £10, and we also received one each on entry, so that was a brilliant start. I was going to say, is two for £10 good? I haven't had, I've, I've been wanting cocktails for a long time because I haven't had them in a while, but I don't know if that's a good price. I mean, yeah, sometimes they can be nearly £10 each. Depends where you go. Holy smokes. <laughs> when you come to mine, though, they're free. Oh. <laughs> I keep asking if I can come to yours and you shoot me down. (laughs) But they were not bad, actually. I had a couple of woo-woos, a margarita, and something else, but I can't quite remember what it was. Probably uh, too many woo-woos by that point. Possibly. (laughs) I think it was the cranberry that did it, really, more than anything. Yeah, it went straight to your head. (laughs) I think so, it must be. I mean, overall, it was a really good night. But I'll be honest, the only thing that I will say is that the venue, which obviously I'm not going to name, and I'm also not going to name the psychic, because I don't think it's in good taste for what I'm going to say, really. I think she's going to know you're talking about her anyway. You know? She's going to be sat at home, like, tuning into this, being like, that little f- <laughs> I bet she won't be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. That says a lot. Continue. Well, the first thing was that the venue wasn't really suitable for it. It was quite a small bar, and it wasn't really set up for a psychic night. When I envisioned this psychic night, I thought, you know, maybe chairs and tables and stuff with the psychic sat at the front, you know. Yeah. I just assumed that would maybe be the kind of thing. A general setup. But yeah, it was they were all sat on bar stools around individual tables that were dotted around the room. Yeah. But then the psychic also didn't have a microphone, and she was walking around the room approaching the tables as she did the readings. So half the time, half of the room had their back to her, and her voice was sort of projecting the opposite way. So right. literally half of it I couldn't hear. And on top of that, the venue had some quiet music blasting in from the speakers. Okay. So it just really wasn't a good setup from the start. But that aside, let me set the scene. We got there about six. 30. It was due to start about 7. It didn't start till about 7.30, by which time I was on my third cocktail, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> and the plan for the evening was to do like a general read to the audience at large, take a short break, and then come up to the tables for quick personal readings. I was going to say, do you think she maybe just kind of had it in her mind that it was like more of an impromptu thing? So it's not like her standing at the front talking to a crowd. It's like her wandering around. So people were maybe not supposed to be listening to her every word. You know, people have the drinks themselves, they have a night out, and she just kind of wanders up to you and says something. You say that, but honestly, I felt like I was in a bit of a classroom, like I was a kid. Because oh. <laughs> it was literally like... Shh, shh, shh. Quiet, please. 
just at the start. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was kind of awkward, actually, because obviously everyone's having a bit of a drink beforehand, relaxing. It's obviously going to be a little bit loud and a bit of a buzz. Of course. And it just felt like the mood had shifted immediately, and it wasn't even for psychic reasons. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like a, a band would be maybe like, they come out and they go, are you ready to rock? You know, and kind of get you in the mood. It was like, right, shut up now. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't come out with a ruler to hit us on the back of the hand or something. (laughs) It was just a bit odd. So that was the first thing. But I suppose the only relevant highlight and the thing that I could hear (laughs) was when the psychic asked if anyone played a wind instrument. Like a flute. And my wife plays flute. I mean, she says that she doesn't, but she's a grade five jazz flutist, shall I say. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, she is. She will never tell you, though, but she is. I've seen the certificates. (laughs) Obviously, my wife sort of begrudgingly puts her hand up. And what I thought was just so funny was that the psychic acknowledges that my wife's hand is up yeah. and she says okay you do yeah you play the flute but is there any anyone else anyone else at all <laughs> just like she didn't want to deal with that what why <laughs> i don't know she was maybe helping for like what would be a better hit or something i don't know how do you judge that at face value <laughs> i don't know i think she was just hoping someone else played the flute <laughs> How bizarre. Maybe, like, she had someone set up and they missed their cue. Yeah, maybe, yeah. (laughs) They were too busy pissed at that point. Yeah. (laughs) No one else said anything, so the psychic goes up to my wife and she says, There's an entity that's come through and they're wagging their finger at you in disapproval. (gasps) Yeah, yeah. For raising your hand. (laughs) Yeah. So the psychic then tells my wife that apparently she's not using her skills and talents and that she's to follow her heart in regards to that. So it was a little bit weird. And she said she needs to sort it out before time runs out, oh. which I thought, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. A bit okay. ominous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, slightly. And apparently that was more of a message from a guide than anyone who sort of passed, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And nothing came out that was related to myself. And that was sort of it for a little while, because then the intermission happened. And at this point, I'd finished my fourth cocktail and enjoyed a slippery nipple that Sophie bought me. <laughs> <laughs> It was quite nice, actually. Yeah, they're they're all right, yeah. I do love nipples. (laughs) So after the break, the psychic comes up to each of us for the individual readings, which was literally just tarot card readings. Oh, right. But anyway, so she shuffled them up, had us pick a card, and I thought Mm. I was watching a magician. Yeah, yeah. You must have felt right at home with that. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to have done sleight of hand, but the cards were massive. Yeah, tarot cards are slightly larger. (laughs) I mean, they might have been perfect for you, actually. My big trowel hands, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I ended up taking a card, and it said something like the well-wisher okay and the psychic she goes yeah that's a really good card so i thought F- yeah take that <laughs> i mean it is better than the death card or something like would be more my luck but yep. so she proceeded to say that you're settled and on the right path keep doing what you're doing and you'll be happy interesting so yeah. i thought yeah for, okay well that's kind of nice to know i suppose it's ever since yeah, we started the podcast obviously yeah absolutely. yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> and then my wife picked one and the card said solitude okay i thought oh f- Hell, here we go, divorce next week. <laughs> but she clarified that it didn't mean a relationship. She needs to spend more time on her own and to think about her life choices and like her path and everything. Right. And to reflect on what she kind of wants to follow in life. I mean, it kind of did ring true slightly to an extent because uh, you might not even know this, Ian, but in a few days she starts a new job in a completely different field. I did not know that. What? Yeah, so. Construction. <laughs> yeah. Only fans. <laughs> 
<laughs> what a good job that would be. Tell me about it. <laughs> so kind of make of that what you will, but the final part of this story was that she brought to the table a metal container of after eight mints, and she said that they housed three small objects, but each of them were wrapped in bubble wrap, so basically shaking the box wouldn't give away the contents. Okay. And we had to use our feelings and our intuition uh, to find out what they were. Right. So long story short, we were all completely wrong, <laughs> and then that was that. <laughs> That was literally it. Did anyone try and test that on the actual psychic? You know, fair enough, she's testing you, but she's the one who does this for a living. So just test the water. Just be like, well, can we do this to you and see if, if you're already better than <laughs> yeah, us? It's true, isn't it? Be like me going to teach someone guitar and <laughs> me sitting. So what can you show me today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's true. I mean, that's kind of it, really. Uh, there's just loads of Barnum statements, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. Personally, I don't believe the woman was truly psychic, and I felt no closer to believing by the end to when I first got there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that she's knowingly fraudulent. She could be a lovely person, and she may believe that what she says is real. Yeah, that's true. But I just didn't at all buy it. Something about it seemed like it was just fishing for things, as you could imagine a fraudulent medium trying to. So what you're saying to me is, she went to the doctors, they wrote psychotic, and she misread that for psychic, and turned that into <laughs> into a career for herself. She's just really dyslexic, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. You never know. But, uh, like, so this got me thinking afterwards, and it's the one thing that completely annoys me about psychic readings. They spend, basically, most of the time throwing out random words or names or letters to the starts of names yep. to the audience, and... Then, I think I know what you're going to say, you know. Yeah, in hopes that the audience will do the workings out for the meanings of that. Yeah. It's like, surely if someone was psychic, they would say things with a definite feeling. Yeah, a lot of certainty behind them. Like, uh, exactly. if your granddad Phil was wanting to get in touch with you, he wouldn't just be like, My name begins with a P. He'd just be like, I'm Phil. See that guy over there? I'm his granddad. Tell him he's a Jeb. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly that. It's like cold. No, getting colder. Freezing. Oh, no, you're getting warmer. Hotter. Boiling. You fucked up. My time's up here. I've got to go. Sorry. You're not going to get your important life-changing message today. Exactly. I'm pretty sure if I thought about what my gran thought about me today, I'm pretty sure I would think she'd say... Disown you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. One listen to this podcast, you'll be like... I don't even want to be associated with that wee jobby anymore. Because <laughs> my gran sounded exactly like that. In my mind, she does. By the way, right. Sorry, just before we continue, I've been thinking about this for a long time, right? And I feel I should probably explain my really shit Scottish accent. <laughs> It's better than mine. Well, it's purely because, right, I know I know a lot of people get offended when you know, anyone tries to do the Scottish accent because it is always as shit as I do it right now. But um, sorry to hijack your, your story here. Little shit. <laughs> my apologies. I, I'll let you get straight back to it in a second. But um, my dad is Scottish. We were in York and um, we were going to pick up my grand from the train station and we were walking. My dad turned around to tell me something. As he looked back, he walked into a pole that he didn't see. So he kicked it and he went, oh, you bugger. Right. So <laughs> was that the Polish guy? that said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but my dad exclaimed that right into you know the ether or whatever and i was like you what <laughs> it was just such a bizarre like three word sentence like ooh you bugger right so i was like i was like ooh you bugger ooh you bugger and that just slowly transformed into ee bigger right and that just slowly transformed into me saying everything in that shitty scottish accent Excellent. but i am actually scottish so i can do it i hope and i hope that it comes across that when i pronounce your name i'm pronouncing it with the extra i I am sick to death of people spelling it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick to death of people 
people saying it wrong. Ian, not <laughs> Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Pronunciation is everything. So it's not like you are taking the mick of Scots, are you? You're taking the mick of your heritage. Yeah, well, I'm not even taking the mick, you know, I'm just, just making a making a funny noise. <laughs> this funny noise. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Sorry. Lost your train of thought now, eh? Just to chime in in terms of like the tarot card readings as well. To me, that cannot be anything else than just Barnum statements dressed up as factual statements. Yeah, of course. I was thinking of an example. And if I didn't know you, like I could say this to anybody. This would be if I was trying to be the psychic doing a reading for someone. Mm -hmm. The spirit is telling me you have a great need for other people to like and admire you. You have a, a great deal of unused capacity within you. That is so true. Which you've not yet turned into your advantage. And hang on, they're also... What is that? What? Oh, they're telling me to make sure you do something about that. On the outside, you appear to be disciplined and self-controlled. On the inside, you tend to be a bit worrisome and insecure. That's what they're telling me. Oh my God. It's like you're inside my head. I am. Funnily enough, on that note, I- I'm getting something now. They're telling me that outside you, you give off this this air of charisma, but actually inside you're a massive dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> That's super right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only joking. Of course. No one's telling me that. I just knew that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So Continue. Funny. You little bugger. <laughs> but yeah, like Barnum statements, basically it means nothing. It's as good as saying that you're insecure, but you're also confident. It's one or the other. I think it's like star signs and... Yeah, astrology. And, yeah, yeah, astrology and all that sort of stuff. It's all blanket statements that could literally appeal to anyone. Yes, absolutely. So I, I could say to you, oh, oh, you, you're not putting enough time into your relationship at home. You need to start thinking about what you want to do with your future. And it's like anyone could say that. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like when I went to see Darren Brown. Um, I'm not really going to spoil things here, but the very first thing when he comes on stage is that he has a quote on a projection at the back of the room. Yeah, yeah. And he says, hands up if you're Sagittarian. Okay, drop your hands. Here's your horoscope from a leading national newspaper this week. It says you are easily sidetracked from what you know is important in life and may be anxious and prone to distraction from things that may not even be real. Oh, right. Hands up again, Sagittarius. If that kind of thing describes you, put your hands back up. Of course, many do. Yeah. Most of you, thank you. Now drop your hands. And look compelling evidence for the power of the horoscope. Or it would be, apart from the fact that this is for Aquarians. <laughs> Regardless, it was still a fun evening and it was really good company. I'm glad I went, but I'll be honest, I, I'm not convinced. Yeah. Not by that encounter. Well, I'm sure you weren't going to the night, you know, to become a believer or get a message from the other side. So to take it as just a decent night out and a bit of fun with good company like you say was probably all you needed, really. True. And also, my wife was the designated driver, so those free drinks, oh. I ended up having them. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, even for that, it was brilliant. Very good. How are you after that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I've had a, an equally busy week of working and trying to sleep. What an exciting life I lead, eh? Rock and roll. <laughs> but actually, I do have to say to you, Jordan, regarding the mean introduction at the top of the show there, I put out a poll on episode five that people could vote on, and I don't know if you know what this poll was for, but for the longest time I couldn't find it again, so just assumed that you deleted it. Okay. But a new feature on our podcast app of choice has now made it very easy to actually see these polls, and I can 
didn't see it. Okay. I'm going to say, I definitely didn't delete anything. Oh, yeah. I now know you didn't delete it. And the answers have been counted. And I now have my ultimate answer. Do you know what this poll was for? I'm sure you, you said one that was something like, who's better, basically. But I put out a poll on episode five saying, who has the sexier voice? Right. Yes. And you were an option and I was an option, given that we are both uh, the hosts of this podcast. <laughs> and your dad. <laughs> And my dad, who he, he was yet to make an appearance, I believe, but I think I'll add him to future once. And Crablador. Oh, I forgot about Crabby. How dare you forget about me, you motherfucker. The poll has been counted, it's closed now, and in a landslide victory of one vote to zero, you have won the trophy. <laughs> Excellent. So you you are you are now the official two guys what's up, sexiest voice aficionado. That doesn't make sense. Amazing. But uh, I have got your trophy here. It is a broken bottle, and uh, I am going to shiv you with it next time. I'm going to see you. <laughs> Lovely. I'd like to hope that it was one of your parents that voted that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking Ian. Well, now I'll be moving on to those Stephen King novels. You finally take that person up on her offer. Yeah, absolutely. I better start on chapter one. I'll see you later then, Ian. Yeah, have a good night. I'll just continue by myself. Well, I appreciate you'd let me know. Anyway, on to the good stuff, me old pal. What have you got coming up for us today? Today, I've got a list of creepiest and weirdest things that children have ever said. Ooh, fantastic. That sounds good. A little bit odd. I love stuff like that because kids are so innocent and they're just like, when they say creepy things, it's from a place of not trying to freak you out, not trying to do anything to be weird. They're just just saying the truth. Yeah, from the mouths of babes, as they say. That's the ones. Today, I am going to be going into the fantastic story of Mel's Hole. Who's Mel? (laughs) Well, let me explain. The legend of Mel's Hole started on February 21st, 1997, when a man named Mel Waters called in as a guest on Coast to Coast AM radio, hosted by the infamous Art Bell. On the show, Waters stated that he owned a property located nine miles west of Ellensburg in Katana's country, Washington. And on this property, he had apparently discovered a hole nine feet in diameter. Mm. That doesn't sound too strange, but this hole had some bizarre properties surrounding it that made it better than most holes around. (laughs) sentence (laughs) the first of many to come into (laughs) the first dirty hole joke (laughs) not even made by me i must add (laughs) the thing about this hole is that it was of an unknown depth which was proven by waters when he apparently tried his best to test the depth by lowering a fishing wire into it with a weight on the end the line came to its end and has still not reached the bottom now get this the line he apparently lowered in was around 80,000 feet long. What? As a reference, for some perspective, the deepest cave in the world is 7,257 feet, and according to the United States Geological Survey, the amount of fishing line that waters used would reach about a quarter of the way into the Earth's crust at its thickest point. What? Yeah, man, some strange stuff, huh? God, imagine if you drop your phone down there. <laughs> Just quickly jog to the other side of the world and grab it. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the dive down there. <laughs> I wouldn't go in after it. <laughs> oh, shit. Drop me phone. See you in a bit. Alley-oop. To be honest, when you when you hear about what happened inside this hole, you would not want to jump in. Okay. Apparently, the hole had a myriad of paranormal aspects that surrounded it. So let's get into a few of those, shall we? I do love a spooky hole. Oh, yeah. It's my favourite kind. <laughs> Haunted holes. <laughs> So first off, let's kick it off by saying it apparently brought a neighbour's dog back to life. Bullshit. I ain't finished yet. The dog apparently had gained entry into doggy heaven, and the grieving owner asked Mel if he could lob it in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) I guess to save on vet bills, and Mel was like, yeah man, if you're not thinking about barbecuing it, then show up. (laughs) 
Imagine how much dirt you'd have to dig back into it. Fill it up. <laughs> be like a full-time job. So lobbed the dog was, and a short while later, the bereft pet owner saw his beloved pooch wandering in a nearby forest. Apparently it was recognisable by the collar it was wearing, but it did not recognise its former owner or answer to its name, so I guess it's a forest dog now. Right, so there's nothing paranormal about this. They just saw a similar dog with a similar collar. Okay, yeah. They still lobbed their pet into the hole. You feel free to debunk that first one, because it only gets f***ing weirder. <laughs> so far I've just heard about a pet that's been lobbed down a hole. <laughs> It came back to life, Jordan! You do realise there's multiple similar looking dogs. Don't buy it. <laughs> oh, is that the paranormal bit? <laughs> yeah. A litter of dogs, what? <laughs> yeah. The guy just had multiple, he forgot about. <laughs> Get this in then. The hole must have had a small interest in alchemy because apparently when metals were brought near the hole, they would miraculously change into other metals. Okay, I'll give you that. Thank you. Still don't believe the dog. It's about time you got on board. <laughs> Waters also spoke of a time where he brought his radio down to the pit so he could get jiggy while he was doing these experiments, I presume. And he tuned into his favourite radio station. 80s FM. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke! <laughs> Sorry. Sharp minds. Mel liked to experiment with his hole, hmm. as many of us do. He apparently once lowered a bowl of ice into the hole to about 1,500 feet, and when he brought it back up, he said that the ice was now warm to the touch, it did not melt, and was inflammable. So to those who don't know, that means it was able to be set on fire. Right, I've got so many questions. Hit me. So did it never melt? Is it still available now? Yeah, check eBay. <laughs> <laughs> be my luck it gets posted and it's f***ing little puddle <laughs> i couldn't tell you mate the only information is the information that i have been given from the internet okay still don't believe the dog <laughs> let go of the dog <laughs> they did yeah one super creepy one was when he apparently lowered a live sheep into the hole Ooh. for god knows what reason apparently the sheep was not having a good time in there as it was kicking off and getting well hairy when all of a sudden it went quiet Waters retrieved the sheep and realised that the poor bugger had been cooked. Oh Not only that, but there was a lump on the side of their newly acquired mutton dinner that was pulsating. Ooh. Walters cut open the sheep and what emerged? A baby seal. What? Yep, but that's not the end of it. Walters said that the seal pup looked to him with intelligent human-like eyes and also, get this, cured his cancer. See, at this point, it just feels so far-fetched. <laughs> Dude, I am not done. <laughs> it, it was the dog that did it for me. <laughs> yeah, I've got off to a real bad start there. <laughs> I believe the psychic more than this story. Okay, right, well, that's, uh, that's a good way of putting that into perspective for me. Thank you. <laughs> The little seal pup then got sick of the sight of waters and jumped back into the hole, but was apparently seen later wandering around by sheep herders emanating a benevolent presence. But it was probably just off to grab some booze for a hole party, which is ironically what me and my wife call a Saturday night. <laughs> but this about leads us to the end of Mel's hole, to be honest. One day he was walking towards it, I'm guessing to lower his neighbour into it or something just to see what happens, <laughs> where he came upon a group of men who identified as federal agents, wearing biohazard suits. Supposedly the agents offered him one million dollars a year to piss off and leave the property he declined their offers until it came to a point where they weren't asking they were telling it was like if you don't leave and take the dosh you're going in the hole so he was like oh oh you said take the money and leave sorry i thought you said bake the honey and heave sure sounds good see ya and he moved to australia <laughs> right so hang on <laughs> so just so you know it's not over yet jesus in all of this time did they not think to cover the thing they were like just trying out these creepy experiments with it but yeah not 24 7 yeah what would you do if you found this hole i'd leave it and don't say cover it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd cover it well the first thing i'd do is chuck a dead dog in there <laughs> 
Mel, is that you? Well, what else would I do? I'd put fishing rod down it, and I'd also lower my sheep. <laughs> lower a sheep in there. <laughs> Okay, right, so there is one final point to make of this, and that is that one of Mel's final calls to Coast to Coast, he exclaimed that he did come back to visit his beloved hall two years after moving to Australia, despite being told by the government not to. He said police officers removed him, and two weeks later left him on the streets of San Francisco. He said he had IV marks on his arm, several teeth missing, and no memory of what had happened in that time. My guess is he spent time in the hole. He was cooked as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forgot to say about the charred skin. He did manage to get home in the end, but felt that menacing strangers were stalking him. He was told his land was now government-owned and found that the region had been erased from all maps, which is quite convenient, really. Yeah, see, if I was making up a story, I'd do the same. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Yeah, you, you can't find it now. You can try. <laughs> and the ice has melted. I've got I've got the ice here in my pocket. Oh, shit. Oh, no, it's melted. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. I've got a bit of dead dog in my pocket. All right, get on your knees. <laughs> You're getting arrested. <laughs> Hands behind your back. <laughs> That's it. You're going in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> but he should have left it at that. A nice wrapped up story where he got a lot of publicity and people following him on it. But he got too greedy because he also said that he found a nearly identical hole in the Badlands of Nevada. <laughs> This hole looked different, apparently, but his experiments at the site produced similar results. But at this point, nobody must have cared because there is no internet presence of this hole. So it's as good as not happening. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So Mel and his holes have become urban legends. Apparently, local news reporters once looked into it and found no records of anyone living in that area by that name. A geologist named Jack Powell said that the hole does not exist and is geologically impossible Ah. and said that a hole of that depth would collapse in on itself under the tremendous pressure and heat from the surrounding strata although in mel's defense several people claim to have seen the hole one being a gentleman named gerald r osborne who told reporters in 2012 he had visited the hole many times since 1961 and claimed the government had a top secret base up there where alien activity often occurs so in 2002 osborne led a party of 30 people to find the hole and to no one's surprise he was unable to find it Well, there's a good ending to a good story. <laughs> well, is Mel a magical hole finder, or, or was it just a lie? Are Mel and his holes real? Jordan, thoughts? Uh, bullshit. I think you've told me all your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> there's just too many nas for me. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just a fun story. It's like one of those things that, like, it is reported as true, but it's probably almost definitely not, but it has just come into urban legend now, and it's just one of those fun stories. Yes. You know, dead dogs, cooked sheep. Oh, yeah, it was wholesome family fun. All the hallmarks of a Disney story. <laughs> All the hallmarks. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard the comedy bit on our podcast today. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Tick. <laughs> Interesting nonetheless, but I don't buy it. Any more than that psychic. Maybe if people were to read up on this story themselves and not listen to an idiot jabber about it, they <laughs> might get a bit more uh, insight. <laughs> it might be a bit more believable. Who knows? <laughs> nah, still. No, not happening. Fair enough. Right, well... Uh, I'll leave that at that then. <laughs> that is all the information that I can find on Mel's Hall out there. So, just the, the one of the first sentences you said was absolutely brilliant. Hi, my name is Ian. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first thing I said. Um, better than most holes around, was that it? That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> made it better than most holes around <laughs> that was the best sentence <laughs> i'm glad i get the prize but i get the sexiest voice prize though uh, what a team yes now speaking of teams pull your weight do your part okay <laughs> so 
kids' creepy, weird things that get said. Oh! Oh, go on. When you said that, you reminded me of something that my son said. So I think that is probably the perfect time to introduce... E is Creepy Weekly Spooky Wrap-Up of the Week! This week, my son was staying at his grandparents for the night. I went there in the morning to pick him up the next day, and they said, Have you heard about your son's orbs? And I was like, excuse me? Mm. He apparently got out of bed in the morning uh, as he gets up, like, stupidly early. He ran through, jumped on their bed to wake them up, and he was laid there as everyone was sort of just waking up. And my son looked up into the corner of their room and was like, Oh, can you can you see those orbs in the corner? Look at all the pretty colours. Mm. My parents were like, What? And he was like, oh, yeah, they're nice orbs. They're helping grandma heal her arm. Ooh. And I was like, okay. So I asked him about it. I said to him, did you see something this morning? And he said, yeah, yeah, they were nice orbs floating around. They were pretty colours. I was like, okay, that's cool. So <laughs> I, I tried to press him a bit more to see, you know, what it was and what he might have thought it was. But yeah, no, yeah. he just said, no, they were just some pretty cool little, like, nice coloured orbs floating around helping grandma. I was like, nice, fair enough. How weird. And uh, the second thing, this happened literally half an hour before we started recording tonight. Okay. I was putting my son to bed and he said, Dad? Yes, son? Can you stay up here and talk to me for a bit? Yeah, man. What do you want to talk about? I just want to talk about the screaming boy on my stairs. Oh, God. You what? <laughs> yeah, there's a screaming boy on my stairs and he was screaming at me and he thought that I wasn't real, but I am real. Yeah, you are real. Yeah, I'm not a ghost. Yeah, you're not a ghost. And I'm not a zombie either. No, you're not a zombie. I was like, son, was this a dream? And he kind of stopped and pondered for a second, mm. but then looked at me and was like, yeah. Okay, well, why don't you try and get to sleep? Go back to the dream. Tell the screaming boy that you are real and that you're friends. Because he, he said they were friends originally. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, not a bad idea. And then I went downstairs and told my wife. And today, my wife and my two children were at her dad's house. Right. I was like, yeah, he's just said something about a screaming boy. And my wife said, oh, he said something about that today at my dad's. And apparently at her dad's house, he was upstairs using the bathroom and he ran downstairs, like really scared and really like terrified. Right. And my son isn't isn't the type to sort of like cry or get distressed over nothing mm. like or over anything really yeah. yeah apparently he was really upset and really scared and he said there was a screaming boy on the stairs mm. how fucking terrifying is that yeah um so firstly i think you should get your son to try and draw these orbs good idea how he saw them if anything comes of it stick it on instagram Ooh. and the second thing is you know how you were saying about your view of the paranormal what we spoke about a number of episodes ago yeah how now, if you acknowledge these things, mm-hmm. more things are going to happen. Yeah. Do you think the act of us speaking about it through this podcast is creating more? Okay, you've opened a can of worms here. There's a couple of things to get into with that, but essentially, no. Two points I want to say about that. And one is the fact that kids are generally more susceptible to it because they haven't got the filter that is generally turned off by society as you get older. You know, you're told, these things aren't real. Shut up. Stop being an idiot. You can't believe in that anymore. Yes. You know, so the, mm. these things are still active. There is a potential that he could be seeing these things. And secondly, I don't think I said this in that episode. There are good entities as well but the, the fact of the matter is they wouldn't come to you to try and make you do something they wouldn't go to you hey you know do this and it'll be good for you generally it's all all the ones that'll do that to you because they're trying to yeah. coerce you in a certain way it's generally believed that the benevolent entities will give you signs so that you can interpret them yourself right because if, if they showed up to you essentially they'd blow your face off so shotgun <laughs> do do something right 
But um, no, uh, so so my son might have been seeing something happening. It's not the the sort of entities that I was talking about that are now targeting us because we've lit up on their plane or anything like that. Right. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Interesting. Yeah. So on to creepy things. So first one, the quote says, "My sons were about two and four years old when their pet goldfish died." promise it gets better than this. Always starts with an animal dying, doesn't it? Our episodes. <laughs> and a massive hole. <laughs> I don't know where your story's going, but my wife was feeling adventurous. <laughs> she threw the dog down. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with that. Let's find out. Okay. I attempted to use the situation as an opportunity to discuss death and mortality. After I finished my explanation, my four-year-old looked up to me with his big blue eyes and said, Mummy, someday, will you die? My heart filled with love and a little sadness, knowing that this was one of those pivotal moments when the first bit of childhood innocence was lost. And I told him, yes, someday, mummy will die. Good, he said, with total deadpan expression and walked out of the room. <laughs> Later, when we were about to flush the fish, he asked if we could eat him instead. <laughs> All right, keep an eye on that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, no, we don't eat pets because we love them. And he said, when you die, I'm going to eat you. Okay, yes, right. Lock him away. Keep a f***ing eye on that kid. You watch that child. Definitely the orphanage. <laughs> You watch that child at every turn. Adoption is immediate. Do not even give him knife and forks at dinner. <laughs> Just two spoons. <laughs> Mummy, why is it all finger food? <laughs> <laughs> so kind of a bit weird, a bit creepy, but hey, what about this next one? My daughter was four years old. One morning I heard her door open and shut. That usually meant that she would be coming to our room to lay down with us. She never came in, but shortly after I heard a voice. Hoping that she would go back to sleep, I let her go on for a bit. Then I hear the door open and shut again. This time, I decided to go into her room and see why she kept getting out of bed. I walked in and she had her eyes closed. Sweetie? Yes, Daddy? Why did you get out of bed? Beautiful child imitation voice there, by the way. Thank you, thank you. There are no children in this world, it's just me. (laughs) Do you want me to do the kid's voice? (laughs) Go on, go on, give give me the line, give me the line. Sweetie? Hi, Paul! (laughs) Just <laughs> my dad in bed. <laughs> anyway, sweetie, why did you get out of bed? I didn't. I was trying to sleep, but he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept talking to me and asking me questions. He? Who is he? The little boy that was in my room. Uh, sweetie, that was just a dream. There is no boy in your room. I know that. He just left. Okay, well, what was the little boy doing? He was hanging from the fan and asking me a bunch of questions. How was he hanging from the fan? With his arms? No, with a rope. Oh, that's creepy. That is pretty sh- scary, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The guy that submitted this said, Scariest f- moment of my life. I asked her about it a year later and she said she doesn't remember. Oh, well, you know, kids don't remember anything from two minutes ago. <laughs> Another one goes on to say, uh, While playing classroom with my three-year-old brother, he made me an off-handed comment about being in my mother's belly twice. I was amused and said, Oh, really? And then he proceeded to tell me in amazing detail about being inside our mother. He told me about it being warm and that he liked it, but he always felt sick. And then one day he got so sick that they, in quotation marks, came and told him he had to leave. But he didn't want to leave, so they promised him he would get to come back again and back to our same mum. So he left and they let him come back again and this time he didn't feel sick. I lost my mind and started screaming for my mother. Can I guess what this is? Yeah, I think you're going to know. Yeah, did they have an abortion first? So basically it was a miscarriage. Oh, I see. There's a lot of stories that I've heard about um, kids saying that they they chose their parents. Oh. 
and um, they say, like, when they're born, like, they're four years old or whatever, they're like, yeah, I came to you once, but you weren't ready for me. So I went away and then I came back again. No way. So, like, the mother had had an abortion or a miscarriage or something along those lines. Oh, wow. The author of this uh, went on to say, I lost my mind and started screaming for my mother. He told her the same story then, and after she stopped crying, we were not allowed to talk about it. I was 10, and I was old enough to remember that she had a miscarriage almost a year before my brother was born. Side note, I'm not religious, but my brother always kind of makes me wonder. Hmm. Maybe there's something in that. That is very weird. Especially when, you know, kids at that age, like, they don't really understand those kind of things. Exactly, yeah. So, like, why would that be a thing they make up? Exactly. Why would that even enter their imagination? Yeah, they have no concept of, like, anything other than their own lives. Oh, as far as we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when my wife's dad's dog died and we had to explain to our three-year-old that he had died we'd say to him he's gone away he he wasn't very well he was old now he's died Mm. and he'd go oh okay right so he's gone and we go yeah and he'd go when's he coming back and we're like no no you know obviously we were a lot kinder and a lot nicer with our words and in our explanation the way we were saying it to him but we essentially had to say no he's dead and he's not coming back deal with it yeah (laughs) so this next one I was tucking in my two-year-old. He said, Goodbye, Dad. I said, No, we say goodnight. I know, but this time it's goodbye. And that's where that journal ends. Okay, so obviously he lived to tell the tale. (laughs) Well, yeah, I assume so. I wasn't sure originally if that was the son about to leave or if he was just thought the dad should check out. He's got his little little bundle tied up like under his bed. (laughs) Bye, Dad. (laughs) Oh, no, good night. No, looking out at the the car, waiting for him. (laughs) No, it's goodbye. (laughs) Bye, Dad. Did you do the life insurance papers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Watch out on your way down the stairs, Dad. (laughs) <laughs> little maniacal child laughing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was that kid laughing that your son saw. Oh, maybe a screaming kid. Oh, it's the way my son said that to me, screaming boy. I was like, that's freaky as all hell. When you say it, I've just got images of a young boy, Victorian cap and outfit, almost like a chimney sweep, mm. with him screaming and his jaw just elongating. Yeah, yeah, I get that, you know, the, the longer jaw for some like reason. kind of dropping. Maybe that's why the paranormal's so scary, because we've all got this image of it being scary. Like, I just said screaming boy, he could have just fallen over and scraped his knee and been screaming. Yeah, I guess it's because either way, it's not very nice, though, is it? Hearing a scream, you can't have a joyful scream. I guess. If there was a screaming boy because he hurt his knee, I'd probably go, hey dude, are you okay? Let's find your parents. But if there was a screaming boy with an elongated jaw from the past screaming at me, I'd have a different <laughs> frame of mind, I think. <laughs> hey dude, do you mind f***ing off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy, do you mind getting the f*** out of my house, please? <laughs> <laughs> One last one. It's kind of a sad one, actually, but this is a bit creepy. My wife died just about a month after my son's fourth birthday, unexpectedly. A couple of weeks later, he really hadn't said much about it. So as I'm putting him to bed one night, I ask him if he misses mummy. He looks me dead in the eye and says, No. Obviously. This startles me, and I'm a bit lost for words. I'd be a bit shocked. Yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? And once I finally find rational thought again, I proceed to ask him why he said no. And he says, Mummy is okay. She's happy. Oh. Now, I'm freaking out. Why is my son saying this? His mum's just died. Then I ask him what he means by it. Here's where it gets really freaky to me. He answers me with this. Mummy said she's happy. She said I shouldn't be sad. My late wife had some issues, and the autopsy hadn't yet come back. We at this time had no idea idea what she died from i just found her one morning face down in my living room so my son tells me this and i start to freak the 
fuck out. Did she say goodbye to him? Was it suicide? I then proceed to ask him if mummy told him this. He goes, yes. Okay, now my heart sinks, I get pissed off, and I feel even more horrible for him, and a million other emotions at once. I asked him, when did mummy tell you this? He says, at night, when I sleep, she comes and visits me. We talk, and she told me not to be sad. She said she's happy where she's at, and she watches me when I'm awake, and she'll protect me. Onions and shock. Onions? I guess crying. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was a great way of wording that. Quite poetic, actually. I've had two years to process this, and now it feels amazing to me that my four-year-old has such an amazingly healthy coping skills. Okay. The end. (laughs) Onions and shock. Well, did you just throw that in there to uh, make sure I was listening? (laughs) Yeah, just the odd, strange sentence. (laughs) I once had a science teacher in year seven that used to write a lot of stuff on the board for us to copy into our textbooks. Okay. And one day he decided to write a bizarre sentence and then ask everyone to read it out. Hmm. And he wrote something like, mitosis is the process of cell division and fire trucks are really good on toast. (laughs) And there was one or two people that actually wrote that down. Brilliant. Just mindlessly. Yeah, yeah. Just not even bothering. Just like, yeah, fire trucks. Yeah, whatever. I fucking love that teacher. He was a well good teacher. He was uh, one of my favourites. Yeah, I think we'd probably better start wrapping things up here, haven't we? I think that's probably a good idea. I mean, I think we thought we were going to go for about 20 minutes today and we're, we're almost hitting the 18 hour mark here. We've been going for a while. <laughs> and that's all because of my reading. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a 10 minute segment <laughs> ended up as two hours 20 what the- two days 20 <laughs> but we do have a little bit of update news don't we we do yeah we got a super cool little bit of news do you want to tell the audience or do you want me to because you're not reading it so you should be able to get it out in one i'm not reading it exactly yeah we'll see what happens whether my mouth can work okay right you take the lead if you start to just fucking piss me off then i'll take over <laughs> I'll start now and you'll just butt in. Yeah. So, in a couple of days, we have got a mutual friend of ours that has agreed, he's a professional photographer, to take some photos of us for the new website, which at this point, you should be able to find, which is www.twoguyswhatsup.com. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. It should be good, a couple of hours of having a bit of a laugh. Absolutely, yeah. And hopefully getting some photos out of it, that would be good. We'll get the lotion out, we'll get the chocolate drizzle, we'll experiment with Jordan's hole. (laughs) (laughs) I I cringed as I said that (laughs) I didn't (laughs) We're just going to be taking some pictures To add to the website really So you can see all our ugly mugs And we can make everything look as cool as we want And I can finally get a new profile picture On Facebook (laughs) Yes But if you do spot anything that shouldn't be there Obviously let us know please Don't want to alarm you But there is a fucking creep in one of them photos Yeah that's Ian (laughs) That's That's just what he looks like Fucking <laughs> Sasquatch is there. <laughs> See, that just reminds me as well, just before we wrap things up, when people say Bigfoot, yep. if you have a family of these beings, yep. do you call them Bigfoot, Bigfoots, Big Feet? I think they're actually called Bigfoots, because it's like, I think the actual creature is called a Bigfoot, so a plural is Bigfoots. Well, what about one sheep, many sheep? Well, there you go. That that, that makes sense. Is it one Bigfoot, many Bigfoot? Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you were just backing me up then. (laughs) 
No, I think uh, as a way of being able to differentiate, because if you say I have some sheep or I have a sheep, if you say I saw a Bigfoot or I saw some Bigfoot. So why don't we do that for sheep? I saw some sheep. I saw a sheep. I think we've been through this before. I am not an English major. <laughs> I, I could not tell you anything. I don't, don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I just wondered, because I kind of like the idea of calling them big feet. No, because I think that's too much of a, a normal thing. Like, I have big feet. <clears throat> and then that would sound like to anyone else, like you're saying, I have a in my garage or something like that it feels right though doesn't it like oh i was in the woods and i saw a family of big feet <laughs> that just sounds to me like you're saying you saw a family with big feet <laughs> if you said i saw a family of bigfoots then i would know you're talking about the interdimensionally transferring alien creature i get you sasquatch bigfoot yeah perfect <laughs> i'm so glad we wrapped that up <laughs> Speaking of wrapping up, on that note, I think we'll bring this episode to an end. I think we should. <laughs> well done if you got this far. Yes. I feel like you deserve a prize. Yeah, we'll, we'll send you Jordan's trophy. And his feet. And then you can decide if you want them to be called foots or feet or feet. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. If you'd like to get in touch with us or you have an idea you'd like us to research, have something read out on a future episode, or you just want to say hi, you can find all our links in the socials where you can reach us at twoguyswhatsup.com, which will be linked in the description of this episode for your clicking pleasure. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode, or maybe even tell a friend. Spread the love. And if you're enjoying the show and you are feeling kind, a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify would go a long way to help us out here and we would be eternally grateful and if you ever meet Jordan he might even tickle your balls possibly but if there is also another poll for sexiest voice do continue to vote me that one person I'll add one into this episode (laughs) (laughs) but all you lovely people at home have an amazing week we will see you next Monday bye see ya soon Wasn't that f***ing worth it. People aren't going to hear the unedited eight hours where you tried to get that sentence out.